Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. As we begin 2021, we must often take time to reflect on the passing year. Was it a good one? Was it a bad one? Did we achieve all that we set out to do? Did we enjoy the past year? Usually at this time of year, we plan for the upcoming year ahead of us. We set goals for how much money we would like to make, what our budgets will be like, what we would like to own in the next year. We also make plans for vacations, projects around the house, what our gardens will be like, habits we would like to quit, habits we would like to start. These thoughts run through most people's minds to some extent. Now nobody has a crystal ball, so therefore we can't tell what we actually will achieve. But we do take the time to plan. This time of year for me means an annual review process with my manager at work. They want to know what my expectations for the upcoming year are, along with what my goals will be. It was while preparing for this conference that I had the idea of this lesson. What can I, as a Christian, expect in the new year? What goals will I set for myself as a Christian? There are many things we can expect as a Christian, too many to name in the time that I have. But I did think of a couple that just seemed to stand out in my mind. The first one is temptation. Peter says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And if we look at what Paul told the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. He continued in his second letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, So that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. And if we look at what James had to say on this subject, in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he said, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And if we slide on down the chapter to verse 12, James continues on and says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, 
he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when the lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. From these verses we learn that temptation is of the devil, and that God allows us to be tempted, but not to a degree where we cannot escape. That if we know God, we know the devil's devices and how he tempts us. And we should relish the challenges of temptation, for when we are tried, our faith grows stronger, and we shall receive the crown of life. Another thing I think we can expect in the upcoming year, as Christians, is trials and tribulations. But he that knoweth the way that I take, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job 23 and 10 So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 and 7 Peter also writes in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, that we are to share the sufferings of Christ. He says, beginning in verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for the testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of His glory you may rejoice with exultation. Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 16, verse 33. Hear the words of our Lord. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. We are told in Acts chapter 14 and 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And what are the results of these trials and tribulations? Look at what Paul wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, 
but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. If you were to take some iron and some carbon, mix them up, and heat them till it reaches 1740 degrees, it becomes steel. That steel is stronger than the iron or the carbon. The same is true with us. If we take our faith and life heated up with trials and tribulations of living, we get a far stronger faith. We should look at trials and tribulations as God's way of making us stronger. We can also expect persecution in the upcoming year. Remember the word that I said to you? A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. John 15 and 20 In John 16, our Lord said, They will make you outcasts from the synagogue. But an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. John 16 and 2 Paul wrote to the young preacher in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus was persecuted. The apostles were persecuted. The early Christians were persecuted. People today are persecuted for standing up for what they believe in. Should we not expect the same? Although we may not be fearful for our lives per se, we are nonetheless persecuted by society. Just tell someone that you don't celebrate Easter or that you don't believe in Christmas or refuse to provide a service for some homosexual couple and see what happens. It's called persecution. We can also expect that though we try very hard to preach the word of God to those who are lost, that that preaching of the word will be rejected. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 to 9. Most people are very familiar with this section of scripture. It's the parable of the sower. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, 
some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus goes on to explain the parable in Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Whoever does not receive you, nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Matthew 10 and 14 In going over the book of Jude, a point was made in my mind that we should not waste our time or get too concerned with people that reject the gospel, though we try our best to enlighten them. It's a sobering thought and one that seems counterintuitive. We should, however, just keep going. There are some that will never accept it. This is a fact that we need to accept ourselves. In Jude 22-24, through 24, it is written, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy. We can see from these sections of scripture, not everyone will receive the word. That is to be expected but we also need to keep going on, to keep sowing the seed. For some, it will take root and bear fruit. Now, while trials and tribulations, persecution, and the rejection of the word in one way seem a little negative in context, looking at them deeper, we see that this helps us to grow as a Christian. And through that growth, we also have another thing to look forward to in the upcoming year. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, 
and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you will need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus, in this short section of scripture, provides his followers the cure for anxiety. No matter what 2021 will bring, I know God will provide. I'm also equally convinced of another thing that is guaranteed to happen in 2021, and that is God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 With God's love and support, as well as the support of the church, I know that no matter what this year brings, I'll be able to get through it just fine. The second step of my planning exercise is setting goals. It's often been said that without goals, life is like a ship without a captain. You can't steer, and the waves take you where they want. But for goal setting to work, the goals must be believable and achievable. A goal set too high or beyond belief only leads to frustration. Each of us will have different goals. It may be to read a certain number of chapters in the Bible this year, or give a certain lesson, or try to lead so many people to Christ, or perhaps even to learn a new song. Whatever the goal is, we should take time to think of how we are going to achieve it. My prayer is that each of us will take the time to set some goals to achieve as a Christian and to do the Lord's will in this upcoming year. As we turn the pages of the calendar, the media wants us to be frantic and scared. They're predicting a total shutdown, possibly even an overthrowing of the government, a failed economy, and all financial institutions. Perhaps this will happen, and maybe not. 
I think that we should not be afraid. It's just another year much is the same as last year. What we can expect this year is the same we expect in every year. Trials, tribulations, the rejection of God's word, persecution. But we can also expect the love of God and the assurance that he will provide and deliver us no matter what the year may bring. listening. W. Clement Snow wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you